Hello, hello, welcome to this week's YouTube Plus Quora Live episode where I'm answering some questions that were either presented to me directly on Quora or I've just read them um, on the site and uh, feel that they relate to the kind of entrepreneurs that I'm working with right now and the kind of questions that they have. So if you're on YouTube, thanks for watching. Nice to see you. If you're listening to this after the fact on the podcast, really, really appreciate it. And uh, again, I do this because I'm looking to start conversations with entrepreneurs to try and provide um, some content that entrepreneurs would find helpful as they get up to run their business because I know that being an entrepreneur is a really lonely place and a lot of times the content that you get can be a little bit glib, a little bit too high level and I try to provide something a little bit more tactical, a little bit more immediate that you can walk away from uh, hearing or reading or watching and actually do something with it. So I'm going to get started here with the first question on the list. And it is, it's not worded very well. I don't control how these questions are worded, but um, I'll do my best to try and understand or interpret what I think the question is, is asking. So it says, um, what basic analysis can a small business owner do with invoices and cost documents to better understand the financial situation? So it sounds to me like this particular question revolves around um, how do I know whether or not my, the financial situation of my business is any good? And I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of different, um, or there may have been a lot of different um, um, details that this entrepreneur probably could have provided. But when I read the question, it's pretty typical for me um, when I'm meeting with an entrepreneur for the first time to try and address this question. And the very first thing I look at is I ask to see their financial statements. Now remember with financial statements, there are two basic statements that you wanna see. There's, I mean, there's, there's lots that your accountant will give to you, but there's two that you really wanna pay attention to as an entrepreneur. That is your balance sheet and your profit and loss statement. So your balance sheet says, what do I own? What do I owe? Your profit and, and what's left for equity, much like your personal net worth statement. And then your profit and loss statement is, what did I make? What did I spend? So this particular question centers around the first thing that I look at with an entrepreneur. And I look on their balance sheet. So what do I own? What does my business own? What does my business owe? And what's left is equity. And what I'm looking for is on the asset side, how much money is the company expecting to come in through its accounts receivable? How much money is owed to a business from its customers or other parties? Then I look down the liability side and I say, okay, how much money does the company owe to its vendors and suppliers or other parties like the government? The idea is you should always have more cash coming in than more cash going out. So the first sign that something could be wrong with your business is when you look at your money coming in, your accounts receivable, and you subtract your accounts payable, the number that's left should be positive, not negative, which means that you've got more money coming in than what's going out. Many small and medium-sized businesses oftentimes don't have this number completely correct because maybe their accounting isn't done on a very regular basis, meaning, you know, like there isn't daily bank reconciliations done or weekly bank reconciliations. So oftentimes an entrepreneur is looking at old information, but assuming the information is right, many small and medium-sized businesses have a gap there. They have maybe not quite enough money coming in as what is owed going out. And that difference tends to lie most times in, in the government remittance side. So your payroll tax or your federal tax or your sales tax, whatever money you have to give to the government from your revenue is typically where the gap is. So what basic analysis can you do? I mean, there's lots, there's lots and lots 
of calculations you can do to figure out your, to better understand the financial situation of your business. But the easiest place to start, and then that ultimately leads down a rabbit trail, is how much money is my business owed? How much money does my business owe out? Accounts receivable minus accounts payable will tell you whether or not your business is in a good position with its cash or not a good position. And don't be surprised if when you go to quickly look in your QuickBooks or your accounting system right now, you pull up your balance sheet and you go, okay, accounts receivable, accounts payable, and it doesn't look correct. Usually a good place to sit down with your accounting team or your bookkeeper or your finance folks and say, hey, how come, how come this doesn't make any sense to me? How can we owe more money than we have coming in? And then get ready for the, for the list of excuses that come in. And I've heard them all, trust me, I've heard them all. But at the end of the day, that's the easiest place to begin if you're looking to understand the financial situation for your business. And if you happen to be in a business that doesn't have accounts payable, or sorry, accounts receivable because you collect, collect cash from customers um, in real time, so customer, your retail business or your business where customers are paying you immediately for your services, then hopefully you don't have any large accounts payable either. So your accounts receivable should be small to non-existent and your accounts payable should be small to non-existent because you should be paying your bills when they're due. And so um, again, payable, receivable, receivable, payable. That's what you wanna be looking at to better understand the financial situation for your business. If you have questions about that, ask me, drop me a note, send me a line, connect with me on Facebook because I can help you understand that uh, for your business. Uh, I can do something called a business health check for you where you can quickly take a look at your business, see what's healthy, what's not healthy, what's it worth today, what should it be worth based on, on all of the uh, variables that are available um, be and be happy to do that. So moving around, moving around, moving along <laughs> to the second question. Um, Okay, get a sip of that coffee in. Okay, um, what is the best blue collar business to become a millionaire? I'm 20 years old and I really wanna be successful. Well, first of all, that's kinda of cool, right? 20, 20 year old is thinking about the blue collar business that they wanna be. And I found this question interesting because at first, you know, my mind, you know, I sort of thought through the answer for myself and then I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the truth is that the answer I was thinking of for this particular individual would be actually be the answer I would give any entrepreneur, white collar, blue collar, what have you. Um, the best blue collar business to start to become a millionaire is any business where people are paying you to do something that they don't want to do on their own, or they don't know how to do, or in a perfect world, both. I think when it comes to blue collar specifically, you have to look at the 1-800-JUNK business, or you look at maybe like a dog yard poop cleaning service, you know, those types of businesses where people just say, look, I really don't wanna do that. Um, I know, I mean, I know how to do it, but I actually don't know what to do um, with the garbage after I've picked it up, don't wanna go to the dump, I don't know how much it costs, et cetera. You know what, I'll just pay someone to take this headache off of my hands. So they always say that the best business are businesses where um, you're able to get paid to do something that other people just simply don't want to do on their own. But it doesn't relate necessarily to blue collar. I think the same can be said of insurance agents, real estate agents, um, mortgage brokers, any service where you are using your time in, to do something that someone else would have to use their time to do. But because you do it all the time, you're able to do it uh, faster, more efficiently, and more effectively than someone who maybe just does it every now and then. You know, so for example, buying a house. You don't buy a house every day or every week or every month. And so when, if you were to do the work associated with buying a house, it's just gonna take time. It's, you know, you gotta kind of figure out what to do. 
you might think you can save yourself some money by doing it and it's going to take you know 10 hours or 20 hours of your time whatever a real estate agent because they do sell homes if they're good on a regular basis that they're able to take that same amount of time and be more efficient with it so for them 20 hours it's going to take you to sell one home that same 20 hours could help could be used by a real estate agent to sell five homes and so you know then scale kicks in and, and that's why these businesses are successful so any business um, my belief is that any business today that is saving customers time because I think that that's what we covet most right now certainly in our society and in our current culture time is the most precious resource and we choose we want to be able to use it however we want without restriction and limitation so any business that is giving people back their time is going to be wildly successful and it doesn't matter whether it's blue collar or white collar anything where you are doing something that other people do not want to do on their own is a business that's gonna that's gonna do really well so if you're 20 years old I'd get thinking about that now I'd look around and say what are people spending their time on that they'd rather not be spending their time on and can I do it enough times to become more efficient and effective than people just doing it on their own um, and this is actually this is interesting because on the other side of that equation is your business if you find one it actually may not end up saving people time your experience and your process and your, your the steps that people have to take and the emails and the phone calls may not even be worth it for the customer and I'm thinking in particular of like a, a mortgage broker I've known mortgage brokers that they talk to a customer maybe once or twice they get the whole thing done then there's other mortgage brokers that are like man you're getting an email from them like every two hours with another question or another document they need or or another um, piece of information that they're missing and so the truth is by the time you're done with them you're like you know what I could have just done this on my own and it would have been better so be careful because if you decide to find a business where you're saving people time make sure you are actually saving them time and you got to be honest about that because if you're not the truth is you're not going to do well customers aren't going to use you and you might not understand well why we've got like a, this is like a great business how come it's not going well for me and the truth is because people are probably finding it more frustrating to work with you than to just do it on their own okay the next two questions are a little bit a little bit softer not quite as um, not quite as uh, nerdy as the first two that I've answered um, let's see if I can block out that sun here <laughs> with my head um, what are the different milestones of entrepreneurship and so again um, this is interesting whether you're a startup or you're an existing business or you're a growing business or you're a mature business trying to figure out what to do with itself you know basically the milestones are you have an idea you start you get traction you grow once you've grown you then look to exit so those are kind of the milestones and it's interesting I think because most entrepreneurs don't really think of their business um, in terms of milestones they really think of their business more along the lines of I just get up every day, every day and do what I do and I'm not really sure what I'm working towards I don't really know what my exit strategy is never really thought about that because who's got time to think about that I have a live business to run right now but the truth is if you know that what the milestones are it means you should know which one you have just come from and which one you were working towards and the reason that's important is because then you need to line up your business strategy or your business objectives with that so for example if you've got an idea and now you're trying to find your first group of customers you know that what the the business has to validate itself it has to prove that it can find customers it can find them systematically predictably and consistently 
um, so that the business now can take on a life of its own and it can grow. But you're not going to spend money on fancy, fancy accounting systems and operation systems and, um, and a lot of people if you don't have a business that's growing. Um, so your budgeting, your cash flow, how you look at your business is completely different when you're in growth mode versus when you're trying to get to growth mode because more of your time is spent understanding your customer, understanding why they use your business service, how you can add value, how the experience attributes to the margin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when your business is growing, then you switch gears. Now it's not so much about where do I find my next customer, but how do we actually grow this business um, off of all of the things that we learned while we were trying to get it started. And then ultimately after you've grown your business, then you have to be considering, okay, now how do we align the business so that I can exit it? Um, can we put systems in place? Can we put people in place? Can this business run without me? And ultimately, um, would someone purchase it because it, it just runs on its own and it kicks out cash? So those are kind of the, the big milestones uh, of entrepreneurship. And then, interestingly enough, you may not have heard about this, but once you have sold your business, either you can do the whole thing again, or some entrepreneurs move on to being mentors and investors. So uh, um, a healthy entrepreneurial ecosystem in a city or a community is where entrepreneurs that have had success turn around and invest their time and money back into other entrepreneurs who end up feeding the local ecosystem and community and they produce better ideas. And so, you know, that's another stage of entrepreneurship that many entrepreneurs don't really consider is once I've been there, done that and left and took, taken off, how do I then take all of my knowledge and experience and leverage it? And I can A, go and start another business or B, I can take what I've done and now become an advisor or a mentor to other entrepreneurs. So if you're wondering what the milestones are, that's what they are. And I'd be curious to hear what, what milestone is your business in right now? Are you trying to figure out whether or not you've got customers, uh, which is the milestone I'm in right now with this platform, uh, emilynow.com that I've built. It's been through a few iterations over the last couple of years, but we're pro I'm proving out that we can attract customers and that we can uh, put them on the platform. Um, or are you an entrepreneur that's in growth mode? You're now, you know how you get your customers, uh, you've got a brand that people recognize and you're able to, the phone's always ringing, the inbox is always full, but now you're figuring out how to grow and be profitable as you do that. Or, or are you on the other side where you've been there, done that, and now you're looking maybe for your next opportunity uh, to tackle. So, always interesting to think about and certainly as an entrepreneur, uh, should be top of mind for you. What milestone? Uh, did you just pass and which on your way to what milestone is out uh, in front of you because that ends up dictating your strategies and your tactics and how you ultimately spend your time. The last question that I'm going to answer today uh, is I'm being a little bit flippant and, and maybe glib and sarcastic with this question, but what is the difference between a good idea and success? I immediately thought of one word and it's the word execute or execution. A good idea, pretty easy to do. Uh, good ideas are a dime a dozen. Uh, certainly, I feel like I have a new one every single day. I think entrepreneurs are cursed with that to some extent that they're constantly thinking of the next new thing. It's, you know, the, the shiny thing syndrome. You're always chasing that next shiny thing. But the difference between an idea and success is the ability to execute on a good idea and generate a result. And success comes when that idea is put into motion and an entrepreneur is able to uh, bring the resources together that are needed to prove out that idea and to put it, make it become reality. 
Um, so that's a one-word answer, and that's really simple. Good idea and success, what's the difference? It's the word execute. But what about in your business? What's, what do you find is the difference between a good idea and success? I know that many of the entrepreneurs I talk to, again, they've got ideas just nonstop, nonstop. Some even keep a notebook with all the ideas that they have for their business. But very few entrepreneurs are able to execute. And then, and then if you are able to execute, as, as I've been able to do, can you execute well? And I know for myself, there are some things I've been able to execute really well on, such as raising capital and funding opportunities for businesses. But then there are other ideas I've not been able to execute well on because I've not been able to either articulate what I'm looking to do or find the people I can articulate it to. And that tends to be more on the sort of sales and marketing side. I do not execute well on sales and marketing, but I execute really well when it comes to understanding the problems that a business has, the financial impact of those problems or those opportunities as it were, and then being able to articulate it to individuals or companies that have capital and can employ it in businesses that need it. Um, but what about you? Do you have a running list of ideas that you think are good and now you're trying to figure out how to execute on them or, or where do you find yourself? Uh, drop me a note. I'd, I'd love to hear um, kind of where you're at with your business. Uh, send me an email, you know, uh, connect with me on uh, my Facebook page. And, uh, and it just helps me to understand a little bit more about, um, you know, uh, what entrepreneurs are thinking about, certainly the folks that are in my audience and what they're interested in or what their problems they're trying to solve. So then that, that gives me the opportunity to maybe create some more customized content. So anyway, that's it. That's all I've got for you today. I really appreciate you hanging out uh, on YouTube. I see you there. Um, I also appreciate you listening to the podcast afterwards. And my one ask would be that you share it or you like it or you subscribe to it or you rate it because every time you interact with the content that I'm producing, it has the opportunity to get in front of another entrepreneur and may make a difference uh, in their life. And then if there's something I can do for you, let me know. I've just given you my ask. Give me your ask. Uh, if it's a conversation, if it's a chat, I'd uh, be happy to do that. If there's some direction or guidance I can provide to you in the moment you're having in your business, uh, nothing would really make me happier because that's what I get up every single day to do. So again, thanks for hanging out on this week's uh, YouTube plus Quora, and I will be back here next week talking to you again.